Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. So get this, I am sitting around the station today and, you know, throughout the day in our morning shows, we play our sports updates, which part of the sports update is a clip from our previous day of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. And on this sports update all day, I'm getting to listen to myself saying, you know, if the Bills uh, win this game, if the Chiefs lose this game, it's not the end of the world. Sure, the Chiefs are probably screwed from getting the one seed, and that's probably not a question anymore. But it's a good team. It happens. Yet here I am today, and yes, the first part of that, or, or the part of that about not getting the one seed, yes, that's probably true. Uh, but here I am feeling like, no, the world has just ended for the Chiefs after they lose by 18 last night to the Buffalo Bills. Everything comes to fruition. The defense continues to look terrible. Daniel Sorensen looks bad. Uh, You're continuing to have turnover issues offensively. You can't hit downfield plays, and you struggle a little bit more to move the ball more consistently with uh, kind of the undercuts in the offense. And now it feels like the end of the world for the Chiefs at this point at just two and three. Uh, so with Adam Dravada, Derek Johnson for Rock Chalk Sports Talk here. If you had to give a number for your panic meter right now on a scale of one to ten, what would you list that as? So if I'm if I'm putting this in the context of before the season, we're talking about Super Bowl aspirations as we have for the Chiefs ever since, really probably ever since like week eight or week six of 2018 when we saw how great Mahomes is, and and ever since then it's been Super Bowl aspirations, certainly since the beginning of 2019, it's been winning the Super Bowl. In those terms, a 10, a 9 or 10, I don't think this team wins the Super Bowl. Um, In terms of where's my panic meter of are they a playoff team or are they like just a complete disaster? Yeah, what if I gave you... I'm more like a... Three or four. I still think this team goes to the playoffs. I think a Super Bowl is basically out of the question. Well, okay. So let me define the 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 terms of the one and ten end of the spectrum. One would be like, oh, we're the best team in the NFL. I have nothing to worry about. Ten would be, we need to fire everyone and like overhaul things. Oh, like a like a three. Okay. I I mean it, the only right now the only the only question of people's jobs that I'm concerned about, and, and I want to be clear. And, and Derek, I know you're this exact way too. Neither of us are going to be the type that just loves to get on here and go, God, you got to fire somebody. We get what it means to fire a person that they've, they've got to move. Their family is uprooted. Like it's a big deal to fire somebody. And on top of that, just from a football standpoint, if you constantly fire guys, then nobody else is going to want to come for work for your organization. Um, but I do want to say it's it right now. It's worth peeking at either Brett Veach or, Steve Spagnolo because the disconnect kind of remains. Daniel Sorensen, which look, everybody talks about Daniel Sorensen. Uh, Daniel Sorensen is a product of of what you get when you pay for Frank Clark and you pay for Chris Jones. D- Daniel Sorensen is the best you get for a for a veteran that's one point two million dollars against the cap. 
and so I, you know, and the fact that, um, oh gosh, who's the kid that's not playing? And I, Juan I, Thornhill. I, yeah, Juan mm-hmm. Thornhill. You know that he's not playing. Look, there's either a disconnect between the guys Veach brings in and who Steve Spagnolo wants, or there's a problem with who Steve Spagnolo is choosing to play. But but back to the initial question, I'm at about a three. I do think that whether it be Veach or whether it be Spagnolo, one of those two is worth looking at. Um, so yeah, a three to a four. You. I'm higher than that. I'm I'm not at a 10 if, if that's how I defined those parameters. I do agree with you that if we define the parameters as, you know, Super Bowl or bust, then certainly you're at a 9 or a 10 because I agree with you. They haven't shown anything to this point that makes you feel confident that they can not just win a Super Bowl but go back to another Super Bowl, especially when you see their biggest competition in the AFC is probably the Ravens, the Chargers, and the Bills, and certainly those have been all three of their losses. Although, you know, if... If they would have won even just one of those games, because we were having the conversation before we went on air, they could easily be 4-1, and one, and we'll get to that in, in some of the turnover talk in, in the second segment. But let's say they just win even one of those games. So the th- right, they're 3-2. Three and, and, three and, and, and I don't care which one you want to pick. With, if yeah, you want to pick the Ravens or the Chargers. Either way, they beat it. They're 3-2 they're and two with a win over a good yeah. team. Yeah. Well, what do you think our conversation would be right now? It'd just be like it just wasn't your day? Well, it depends on how they how they go about those those games um if they if they continue if they beat the ravens in such a way that they were continuing to that they're up 35 24 driving um then i think you feel really really confident you're like okay they they beat you know a really good ravens team basically start to finish um let's just say you don't have the clyde fumble at the end and and that's that's what i'm saying If, if you beat them in the way that, okay, they're driving, they're still getting 20 yards a chunk on that final drive, and Harrison Butker, you know, makes a 35-yard field goal and they walk away with a win, I'm still kind of like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Because they, the Ravens, to me, I've always said this, and frankly, I still feel this way, the Ravens play in such a way that it that they're just, it's naturally difficult for them to come back from a big deficit. Because they rely too much on the run, and I don't think Lamar Jackson is a particularly good passer, and I don't think Lamar Jackson. If you're a, if you're a, a, just a decent defense, which the Chiefs are not, if you are a decent defense, I think you can prevent Lamar Jackson from passing when he has to pass. I think we saw that against the Titans in the divisional round in in 2020. So, you know, I but. Even had they just beaten the Ravens by a walk-off field goal, I'll still be going, man, but they let mm-hmm. the Ravens right back into that thing. They could, but I, I think we would, you know, but we'd excuse the Chargers a lot, else, lost a lot more. I agree, and when we, we'd still be, we'd be one game back instead right. of two. And at that point, I think you'd be tied for first in the division right now. I think Chargers are 4-1. Yeah, but if so, you, you know, beat if them, the they'd win, be, Yeah, you're right, right. If right. the win came over the Chargers yeah, that's what instead I'm saying. of the I'm Ravens. Sorry. Yeah, you're right about that. So, so there's part of me that wants to think like that, but... Let me run through the team real quick before I give this answer because I, I haven't. I've been kind of dodging it with the 1 through 10. Okay, quarterback. Uh, Mahomes, far from the issue. He hasn't been playing, I would say, at maybe as good of a level as he. I mean, this is his lowest QBR, which is funny because he's still leading the NFL in QBR. But the difference between him and second is point one in QBR. And this, like I said, is his lowest QBR. Is that, so is Allen second? Um, I think it was Matthew Stafford who is second right now. I think he just had a terrible. Maybe it's Kyler Murray. I can't remember, but uh, I I just know Mahomes was first by point one. But 
it's different because teams are just sitting back right now. And to me, this is something I noticed yesterday. This was the biggest difference between what Tom Brady is versus what Patrick Mahomes is. Mahomes is going to obviously give you more from a creation standpoint, from scrambling out of the pocket, from making these big wow plays. Mahomes still, and he's still young, still has yet to master the, hey, I'm just going to pick you apart. I will take six-yard slant after five-yard out, after three-yard drag route every day of the week, and I will just methodically move down the field. And there, there are times that the Chiefs do that, but we've really yet to see a game where the Chiefs do that for the entire game and just execute it perfectly. And when you have a defense like the Bills, you see the Chiefs are trying to get these guys open on deep routes or intermediate routes, and just nobody was getting open last night. Now, that's not all on Patrick Mahomes, but they're going to have to show more of that because that is the quote-unquote blueprint to try to beat this team. Okay, it's a quarterback, but obviously not an issue. It's just that this has not been the best version of Mahomes, which you might kind of need it to be given the other circumstances. Running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire just got hurt. And I don't even know what to think of the running back room regardless. Receiver, like I said, nobody was getting open last night. You have really no established weapons besides Tyreek Hill. Even Hill was dropping passes. Hill has played into as great as he's been and had some of these big games. He had the fumble against the Chargers. Uh, he had the the drop pass that kind of felt like the nail in the coffin. I mean, it didn't end up being that way, but... You know, that ballooned the lead out on the drop the pass that ended up being the pick six yeah. to make it 31 to 13. Um, I thought Gordon looked good on that one catch, but small sample size, only played nine snaps. You weren't expecting him to play a ton because it was his first week back. But right now, you don't have that other option. And none of the other receivers, Hardman or Robinson or Pringle, were able to to break free from Bill's secondary. Okay, tight end, you're fine there. Travis Kelsey's really good. Offensive line, I think, has been solid this year, but they haven't been dominant. And there have been stretches where... Um, they've gotten beat up a little bit, and I think it's fine on one hand because it is going to take time for that position group to come together, and it might take another couple months. But also, with how much money you have invested on both lines, you are not getting a lot of production to match that on both sides, especially on the defensive side, which to the defensive line, absolutely horrible, absolutely putrid what they've done for this defense and, and the team overall. And don't they take up? more salary cap than any single position group on this team? Uh, I don't know how it works. With, yeah, it'd have to be ahead of Patrick Mahomes, right? Because, I mean, Clark and Jones are probably... They, they, yeah. they basically, those two combine for Mahomes' yeah. salary. Well, I know it's 25% of the cap goes to the D-line, so it probably is, and I know that is one of the highest paid position groups in the entire NFL. And, and then terrible. It, terrible. And then the linebacking core. It is the worst in the league. It is one of the worst linebacking cores I've ever seen. Uh, the defensive backs, I think, are getting stranded a little bit. Like, I don't think the defensive backs are good. But, like, what you mentioned with Daniel Sorensen, is it a product that, you know, because I, I think of Daniel Sorensen, when he was at his best with the Chiefs, he was the third safety. He was the backup safety. And everybody basically. loved him. Exactly. Because they were going, oh, my God, look mm -hmm. at Daniel Sorensen. Comes and he makes... An incredible play against the Texans on that on that attempted fake punt in the playoffs. Yeah, he had that where he dove over the against the Eagles a few years ago. That's right, the flying dove, squirrel yeah, play. Yeah, he dove yeah. over the the defense to to try to make mm -hmm. a sack. You know, Daniel Sorensen is is well loved when he's your third safety. Right, he's hated when you need him. Yeah, but it's not his fault that the Chiefs need him. Mm -hmm. He's he's doing what is they're they're trying to ask of him. But if they made better personnel decisions, they wouldn't have to ask these things yeah. of him. And that's kind of how I view the DBs. Like I said, I don't think you have a you know prime Darrell Revis or anything out there. 
I, I think it's far Remember from the, the, the problem. That's right. I forgot, actually, that they, <laughs> they did have Darrell Revis. Maybe they could use even old Darrell Revis at this point. But, I mean, it's just because you have no pass rush. You, you're not getting to situations where it's like third and nine. We know they're going to pass. It's every third down. It feels like it's third and two, third and three. So you don't know what they're going to do. Uh, they're getting kind of stressed on an island. And I think that Juan Thornhill should be playing more. Daniel Sorensen played Every snap, he led the Chiefs in snaps in that game. That's a misuse, uh, misusement, I don't know, misusability, I, I don't know, uh, of Daniel Sorensen from this defense from the top down. And then, uh, if you're taking stock, you have injuries. Chris Jones missed the game. He was hurt. Clyde Edwards-Alaire hurt, although I'm surprised it's only an MCL sprain. He's out a couple weeks. Joe Tooney played with a fractured hand. Tyree Kill, we heard some, about him. Some of the best news we got, by the way, was that Tooney might be back for the next game. Yeah, he he played the whole game, so I think he's going to be fine, and that what a tough guy to do that. Fractured hand for a lineman? You're constantly... Uh, that's insane, but uh, Tyree Kill, uh, they said he has a knee injury, and if you remember in the preseason he had uh he was diagnosed with knee tendonitis so i'm sure that's what it is they said he's going to continue to play but you know injury department not great so i say all that i go through all that and then i add to the fact that like you said there is a worry for me about you know uh, brett veach there, there always is this worry in the back of my head that are you going to be the packers with aaron Rodgers, where we're going to look back on this in five ten years and say how did you only win one super bowl and I don't think there has been enough shown so far by Brett Veach to make you think you trust that. So when I add all that together, when I add together the fact that I feel like each and every week, it's not that Andy Reid is a bad coach, and I don't want to go here to a standpoint to say, oh, they need to fire Andy Reid, but like, I'm seeing so many things every week where it's it's small things like, hey, the other team, Kevin Stefanski is going forward on all these fourth downs. Brandon Staley is going forward on all these fourth downs, including yesterday's game. The Chargers went forward on fourth and two at their own 25. They went for a fourth and seven, a fourth and eight later in the game as well. They're putting trust in their Pro Bowl level quarterback. Why can't the Chiefs do that? I combine all that to say I'm probably at a six or a seven on the scale of ten. We're going to talk about this a little more, but I, I love the point about the, the fourth down that you just brought up, Derek, because the Chiefs in particular, you just said that the Chiefs' defense are putting themselves in a position where it gets to third and short, and when it's third and short, you don't know, you know, the, the offense has options. You don't know what they're going to run. The Chiefs are doing that as well, especially if they go for it on fourth down. The Chief, I mean, you know, when was the last time? And look, if the Chiefs want to go for, you know, if they want to punt it on fourth and ten, yeah, go fine. For it. But when when there's no reason with this offense to not go for it on fourth, because they even heck they even showed last night when uh, when um, was it Daryl Williams that had to come in? I always forget the backup yeah, yeah. Uh, running back's name. Uh, when they were they were like third and short or something close to the goal line, it was like third and one. And they could. They were on about the four yard line, so they were able to get a first down before going into the end zone. And they did what previous offensive lines for the Chiefs haven't been able to do, which is they just bull rush the other team. And Williams followed his blockers and grabbed three cheap yards. They're somewhat, you know, they're still not the early '90s Cowboys line. They're not Brian Waters and Willie Rofe and and all and Casey Wigman. They're not those guys, but. They're a much more serviceable offensive line to just ground and pound when you need two quick yards. And the Chiefs, I don't know, I, I just, I you know, and we were talking about this off air, you, you shouldn't look at what's the league average win 
or what's even what's the Chiefs' average when they go for fourth down? You need to look at what's their lead, what's their average when they go for it on like fourth and two. You know, how often do they get a first down when it's three and two? How how much more comfortable do you feel? And conversely, how much more nervous are you as a, as the opposing defensive coordinator when the Chiefs are sitting at third and six when you know that they have two plays yeah. to make it up instead of one? Because right now, if you're the defensive coordinator on the other team, you know for a fact that if you just don't give them seven yards on third and seven, they're punting because mm-hmm. Andy Reid has not shown unless it's, you know, they're down two touchdowns with three minutes left and they have another choice. But if in, in other than situations in which the game is on the line, directly on the line, Andy Reid hasn't shown a willingness to go. So right now, you know, if it's third and long, you know that they're going to go or they're going to punt it if you just keep them from getting eight yards or whatever third third down is. And, you know, I think, again, I, I don't want to turn this into, oh, is Andy Reid passed it? I don't know. But it is the point it's, being he's not above. You're not criticism. maximizing correct. And, and you're not maximizing what you can do. Now, if if you have an Alex Smith led offense, play as conservatively as you want, right? Yeah. But you have Patrick Mahomes. You gotta maximize him. So that's why I think it's a six or a seven for me, just because I'm to a point now where I'm not even sure if this is a playoff team. And we'll talk about that more coming on in the show. If this is a playoff team, if it is a 10-win team, what's the best-case scenario? That coming up. But on the other side, I want to kind of address these Chiefs turnover issues because they are uh, problematic and they're not going away. Shane Jackson, also of WinBet, is going to join us in about 20 minutes to look at the Vegas side of things. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Shane Jackson is going to join the show coming up in 15 minutes from right now. We'll talk with Shane about kind of the the overall view of maybe from the outside looking in. It's easy to. You should have seen the look of regret on Derek's face when I hit the yeehaw. He just went, why never should have vouched for this kid. Uh, what is, I was just like so confused for a second. I was like, wait, what just happened just there? Looking at the ground going, <laughs> this guy's tanking the station. He's bringing all of us with him. Well, uh, we'll see if Shane has any yeehawing to do about the Chiefs. Um, I think it is easy to, you know, when it's your team, when you're sucked into it, like the highs are higher, the lows are lower. So it's easy when you have a loss like that to be more woe is me. And, you know, I, I'm not vouching against that. Like, I am very much Eeyore in a lot of ways with um, viewing my team off of losses or in negative moments. So, you know, if that's you too, then more power to you. I'm just saying sometimes it, it is helpful to kind of take a step back and look at what other people are saying. Like Shane's not a, a Chiefs fan. And so And I think people like Shane are especially good because he's the decisions he makes, his analysis fills or empties his pocket. Exactly. Exactly. He's living off this. So um yeah, we'll talk with Shane in about fifteen minutes. All right. I mentioned the Chiefs turnover issues. They have eleven turnovers. In the last four games, they didn't have any in the first game. So it's really 11 turnovers this season. That means they're on pace for what over 30, I don't know, maybe 40 turnovers this year, but 11 turnovers in the last four games. That's like three a game. That's insane. Think about this. It took till week 14 for the Chiefs to have as many turnovers last year as they do now. Really? Week 14. That's wow. They're 31st. How many did they wind up with last year? I didn't check what they wound up with. I just know they were at, so they were at, uh, I think, eight turnovers or nine I'm trying to turnovers. think what they did the last, 
what, three weeks of the season. And one of those games didn't even matter. They played their backups. Mm-hmm. So they were through week 14, and, and the 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 def- I mean the, the starters only played 15 games mm-hmm. last year. But, yeah, they're, the Chiefs are 31st in the NFL in turnover margin. They're minus seven. It's only ja- team. Jacksonville the worst. But they're tied with Jacksonville in amount of turnover. Correct. So in turnover margin, they're only in front of the Jaguars. But, yes, if you go by giveaways – they're tied last with Jacksonville with how many they've given up, which is 11. And how many have been so important? I mean, last night. That's a great question. The, the yep. pick six. I, I'm sure we can come up with more, but obviously the pick six. Mm-hmm. Um, the Now, the defense had an opportunity to negate the, the interception that Pat, Patrick Mahomes threw against Baltimore. They had a chance to negate that. Um, but then the other crucial turnover was Clyde edwards Yeah. I, I still, would say both of those, I mean, honestly. The Chiefs are up 35-24 at that point. I think if the Chiefs go down and put it in the end zone against Baltimore, they certainly win. If they kick a field goal, I still think they win. So I, I would count. I mean, the Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumble late against Baltimore was probably percentage-wise more important and more crucial. But I still think that Mahomes interception, which was a really bad ball, um, against Baltimore. Now, last night, I, I put that more on Tyreek. Yes. That, but, that particular Well, one. yeah, and, and this isn't what you asked. You didn't say, you know, how many of them are Mahomes' crucial mistakes. You just said crucial mistakes, which even if it is on Tyreek Hill, that was a crucial mistake. You're down yeah. 24-13 at the time. If you go down and score a touchdown, four-point game. And that's a, the difference there is that play, Tyreek catches it, it's a first down. Right. Yeah, because it was what third and three, third and, and two. Caught, something yeah, like that. it was like two or three yards beyond the first down sticks. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a first down or a touchdown for the Bills is how that is is how that thing things turned around in that one moment. Uh, so I would argue that was crucial. Um, oh yeah, because it it very much turned the game right. And uh, even if even if the Bills, you know, even if the guy falls to the ground or the the Chiefs are able to tackle him. That was still still really deep in Chiefs territory. Yeah, and the defense, so you're, you don't trust them. You're giving up points no matter what in that situation. Yeah, so that one was the Ravens one. I mean, you could just argue that all of the Chargers ones were because if you don't have even one of those turnovers, you might win that game. Yeah. I mean, uh, the first two were in the red zone. Another was around midfield. The last one was on the final drive. So uh, that's a lot. That basically means more than half of those turnovers have come at crucial times and have been crucial mistakes. And, and this is what's crazy, too. These are uh, under Patrick Mahomes, uh, past years, past turnover numbers. Uh, Last season, they were plus six in turnovers. Again, they're minus seven right now. Last year, they were plus six. They ranked eighth in the NFL. They were also top five in giving the ball away. So top five, I guess it would be not giving the ball away. Uh, 2019, they were plus eight in turnover margin. That was seventh in the NFL. They were top three in not giving the ball away. 2018 under Mahomes, they were plus nine in turnover margin. That was sixth in the NFL, and they were tied seventh in not giving the ball away. So they have been one of the better teams in the NFL under Patrick Mahomes in both turnover margin and not giving the football away. And you see a clear correlation there in that you don't have, particularly now, you don't have a defense. Now, look, if you're dead last in the league in giving the ball away, you're not going to have a good turnover differential. But I think the defense has shown that even with the Chiefs, even if you are middle of the pack in giving the ball away, even if the Chiefs were 15th in giving the ball away, you're still going to be really low in overall turnover margin because you don't have a defense that's taking the ball away. Yes, and then part of that is what's the easiest way to get a turnover? It's pass rush, right? 
whether it's a strip sack or fa- causing a, a quarterback to yeah throw a bad pass too early or uh, throw one that gets you know knocked in the air as he's getting hit and it's intercepted. That's the easiest way. Yeah, I mean that's that's and what, they can't do that. I mean it was and, and it take and and the reason I think so far they haven't shown an ability to do that is because it was third and I mean and we, we can complain about um, the the Frank Clark uh, roughing the passer call and it, it was a bad call but. They had the Bills in third and long. They did. They got pressure on him, and they forced a pick. The last time I remember that happening was the pick six that Tehran Matthew had against the uh, Baltimore in what week two or week three or whatever that was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had the Ravens in third and long then too. And the defense hasn't shown an ability to consistently get teams in third and long. So, like we talked about in the opening segment, you're not going to force many turnovers when the other team is. Three and or third and three because you're a terrible rush defense and they can just give him the ball. And they can just give the running back the ball and he'll take it three yards and new set of downs. Yeah, turn a lot of turnovers come because you you're able to pass the rush the def, rush the offense more when they're at third and eight. Mm-hmm. Third exactly, and, and like you said, you can't do that. So uh, these are the ten most recent Super Bowl winners. 2020 Tampa Bay, they were plus eight in turnovers. That was six in the NFL. 2019 Chiefs, plus eight, as I mentioned. That was seventh. 2018 Patriots were plus 10. That's fifth. 2017 Eagles were plus 11. 2016 Patriots were plus 12. 2014 New England, plus 12. 2013 Seattle, plus 20. 2012 Baltimore, plus nine. 2011 New York Giants, plus seven. If you notice, they left one team out. That's because this is the Albatross. 2015 Denver was minus four, thanks to Peyton Manning's pick fest. But... You know what they had that the other teams didn't? They had, you know, maybe the best defense we've seen in the past decade. Quite an outlier there for the Seahawks, too. Yeah, plus 20. 20? Plus 20. Yeah, plus 20. Yeah, that was first in the NFL. That was the Legion of Boom. But outside of Denver, that means every every one of the past 10 Super Bowl winners was at plus 7 or higher. And the average for the 10 Super Bowl champs was a plus 9.3 at the end of the year. And what that tells you is... One, it's technically possible mm-hmm. to have a negative turnover differential and still win the Super Bowl, but it's very, very yes. hard. And you have to have a historically the the great Broncos, unit. You have to have a great defensive yeah. unit to do it. The Chiefs clearly don't have that. Right. Because if you have that good of a defense and you're negative on turnovers, they're going to be able to still stop the opposing team. Anyway, what, what bothers me more than anything is even if, look, I think Mahomes is a fantastic quarterback. Um, and that's not saying anything new. I, I shudder to think. Breaking news. Yeah. Anybody who disagrees with that is just trying to grab some extra <laughs> attention. Um, so he's a great quarterback. I think they they get the turnover on the offense. I, I think they get the turnover problem fixed. The problem is, like we just talked about, even if they alleviate the turnover issues completely on offense, it's they're not going to all of a sudden, barring some miracle, turn around mid-season turnaround that we've never really seen before, they're not all of a sudden going to turn into a a juggernaut of taking Mm -hmm. the ball away. So even if they do clean things up on offense, the best you can hope for is like top 25, 23rd in uh, turnover differential. Well, okay, think about that. To get to where that average is, we'll just call it plus 9 of the last 10 Super Bowl winners, you're minus 7 right now. That means you'd have to be plus 19 the rest of the way. Which the entire season, yes. the best we saw on that list, was Seahawks. and for the whole season. Yes, so you have to do what 2013 Seattle did with that in defense. In 16 games. And that what they did in 16 games, you have to do that in 12. Yeah. Just to get to that point. 
Now again, so it's not going to happen, right? Now, now conceivably, that's the average, look, yeah, you can can get to. I mean, I but still, is there any reason to think this team's going to get to zero? Like they're just going to even out for the rest? You know, probably not. They'll have to be plus seven to do that. Yeah, I and that's that's hard to see. So I, I have three questions here. And I don't know if you want to take these one at a time or if you just want to. Yeah, let's just talk about them all one right. at a time. First of all, is it correctable? And I mean, we're, we're kind of having that conversation already. Yeah. Oh, I think so. How uh, correctable, I, I guess. Think it's, I think it's correctable. Um, I think it's it's correct. I think it's pretty correctable because a lot of the mistakes have like you've, you've seen clear mistakes, poor decision making by Mahomes. Uh, just a bad. I, I I'll have to go back and look. I don't know if Tyreek Hill had his his eyes up the field on the drop on pick six, but it's not like Tyreek Hill is new. He knows how. It's not like you can say, well, he's a rookie. He's not used to how hard Patrick Mahomes throws. He's used to catching Patrick Mahomes. Um, the the pick uh, the pick deep in the Bills territory that the the but Mahomes threw. I honestly think you just tip your cap to the defensive tackle. That was an amazing play by the, I don't know if it was a defensive tackle or a linebacker, but it was a pass rusher of some sort. Just made a remarkable play, and those are going to happen. But a lot of these, I think turning the ball over is correctable. I think starting to force turnovers is mm-hmm. kind of a lost cause. Yes, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, even if you are the worst turnover team in the league, you don't average three turnovers a game, which is the pace they're on these last four games. And typically, teams with better quarterbacks don't turn it over as much. That's what makes them better quarterbacks. So I would imagine that's going to go down. And sometimes you get better fumble luck. Like, that should go down. Well, one of the turnovers last night was a was a snap miscommunication, right? But they, And you may have been – Derek was at the game, and so you were listening. Well, there was the Byron Pringle – Kick return one. Which no, there was that one late in the game. It didn't matter as much because by then there were, mm-hmm. there were like three minutes left and the Bills were up 38-20. to 20. This was The Bills got the ball back. When the Bills were were um, ultimately kneeling on the ball, the way they got the ball back for that drive was a snap that just shot straight back, straight past Patrick Mahomes. That's another thing mm-hmm. you can fix. Yeah, so some of it's fixable, but like you said, I don't know how much is fixable on getting them turnovers. And even if your turnovers go down, can you at least match that or get a positive number off that when yours go down. Um, the second question to me is how fluky has this been for the Chiefs to get to this point? I would say it's a little fluky. Like, you don't expect Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's never fumbled, to fumble back-to-back weeks. You don't expect uh, Tyreek Hill to fumble and cause a tipped interception. Uh, you don't expect a couple of these Patrick Mahomes interceptions. You kind of expect Byron Pringle at this point. Yes, that's one that it. I don't know if you expect him to fumble, but you don't expect him to be a good right, kick return. Because that's what two fumbles on kick returns this year, and he's not and it's a guy not like who, he's getting. Deep. Yeah, it'd be one thing. Okay, it's not Dante Hall back you know, there. When he's not fumbling, he's consistently mm-hmm. getting us past the fifty. It's not like he's doing. That's that. another, and and I don't want to go too deep on Byron Pringle because just on the topic of turnovers. But, uh, why is Byron Pringle and Daniel Sorensen playing so much? Those are two questions. And the last question I have is is how much does this all matter? Uh, right. So sorry, just on the fluky part. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to. I'll just very quickly. I agree. I think it's. I don't. I think it's just a little bit fluky. And I think the. But the fact that it's not fluky is why I think it's correctable. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I. I. I wonder how much this matters. Like clearly, it matters. You can't continue on this pace and be a good team. You can't continue on this pace and be a playoff team. But let's say they are just league average in turnovers the rest of the way. How much does that matter? 
I think a lot because you're going to have to outscore most teams that you play. And I, I, I do think if there's anything to be optimistic about here, it's that how much have we seen Tommy Townsend this year? He punted a couple times. He only had two punts last game. That's it. Two punts. so, you know, the, it seems like when the Chiefs aren't turning it over, they're scoring, which is, you know, that's a good thing. Um, so I think if there's reason to be optimistic, I, I think it does matter quite a bit, as, particularly because the if you don't turn it over, you're probably scoring, and this team needs to score with this defense. He's Adam Rivetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. Shane Jackson of WinBet. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk, FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. Derek Johnson with Adam Dravetta here. Shane Jackson, formerly of the Lawrence Journal World, now works for WinBet in Las Vegas. And uh, Shane's been killing it on the uh, picks. Uh, I think you're just 4-0 or something this past week. And it was one of those situations where I put some picks in over the weekend. And then I, I went on social media and saw that Shane had picked a bunch of games and like three of them were different than my picks. And I was like, oh, no. And Shane went 4-0. So not great for my wallet, but worked well for Shane over the weekend. But I'm curious as, as we bring on Shane Jackson of WinBet, uh, kind of from an outward view of viewing this thing and, and viewing it with the odds in and, and Vegas and everything. Are you maybe as down on this team or are you higher on this team than maybe some in the area are right now? I would I would say no, um, and maybe uh, I am one of the few. Uh, I think I've been pretty adamant on social media as well that I I believe that the, you know the, the Chiefs bounce back is coming. I'm invested in Mahomes winning the MVP at this point, uh, and I really thought that was going to start last night, um, and it didn't. And I was wrong, and I, and I paid the price for it uh, there. But really, I thought you know the narrative from that game was more about the Buffalo Bills than anything. Like it was less about oh the Chiefs. Uh, maybe not be as good as we thought they were or their window is closing. I think it's more, you know, Buffalo Bills might be the team to beat in the AFC. They certainly have the inside tracks to the number one seed uh, because they have one of the easier schedules uh, in terms of strength of schedule in the AFC. And, and now, obviously, they beat the Chiefs as well. Whereas the Chiefs, you know, first your focus now is on the division. And it's a tough one as well, as we know with the Chargers. And then you figure out your playoff seeding from that standpoint. But it's still possible you can still have a – you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers-type seating where you just get hot at the right time and still results in the end. I think in the, at the end, I mean, Kansas City is still probably uh, the, the, the team to beat in the AFC from a playoff standpoint. But when we're talking about seating, I, I think the number one seed is probably uh, a little bit harder for Kansas City to get at this point. Do you have any idea or a guess of, uh, let's say, the Chiefs today had to play in Buffalo after what we just saw on Sunday? Uh, for some reason, they're rematching this week, hypothetically. What do you think the line of that game would be? Well, that's a good question. Uh, so the Chiefs were favored by, you know, three at their place. Uh, and the idea is, you know, the whole full three points for home field advantage doesn't really exist uh, with the Vegas oddsmakers. So, you know, I think the Bills would probably – it would probably be just flipped. I mean, the Bills would probably be favored by maybe two, two and a half. I, I, I guess I just don't think it is as – Dire as maybe some Chiefs fans believe and some others just believe in general. And I could be on the wrong side of history from that standpoint, but, you know, for our Super Bowl odds, the Chiefs are still third. Uh, they're plus 800. Um, this is the first time they're not the favorite uh, this week, but that still puts them behind just Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Uh, when you look at the AFC odds, they're plus 375, only behind Buffalo. I mean, this is very much a team that is 
is still expected to make a deep postseason run. I think when you're shaping up the power rankings and where they stand today, uh, that's a little bit different than where we think they're going to be by the end of the year. Uh, and I think, you know, if anything, uh, the offense has still obviously been really good, other than maybe, you know, last night wasn't their best. It's the defense that has been historically bad. And, and we know that defense is not really uh, consistent, and that's one of those things that could regress back to normal for the Chiefs. And I think, if anything, you, if, as a Chiefs fan, you should be optimistic because I would expect that defense to be a little better by the end of the season and not necessarily historically bad, whereas the offense will continue to be amazing. Patrick Holmes will continue to be amazing uh, outside of last night as well. Talking with Shane Jackson here, uh, you mentioned the AFC odds and the Bills being the favorite now in the AFC with the Chiefs second. Uh, that leaves out an interesting team to me. Um, the Chargers, who are 4-1, and one, sitting a couple games ahead of the Chiefs, have already gone into Arrowhead and beaten Kansas City, are not in front of the Chiefs in those AFC odds. So would that just by nature mean that the Chiefs are the favorite to still win the AFC West, or is that more so just taking into account the playoffs as well? I couldn't think in account of the playoffs uh, more so than the actual division. Uh, you know, the Chargers probably have the upper, leg, upper hand in, in the division right now, but uh, our odds have not been updated for the division standpoint, but I would imagine, you know, the Chiefs were the favorite last week uh, over the Chargers to win the division. They probably still, I would guess, have around a 30% chance of winning the division. So, you know, they're very much in this, and, and I, I would expect the odds to be really close. And obviously you have the head-to-head as well, uh, back again for the Chiefs and Chargers. I think the interesting part about the Chargers, they're obviously a fun story. Brandon Staley's great. Everyone seems to love, you know, Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley. But doesn't it feel like, you know, maybe a couple of years ago when, when the Chiefs, when they had that great year, Patrick Mahomes won the MVP in 2018, and then they ran into the Patriots in the AFC Championship. It's just, it feels like it might be too early for the whole Chargers, let's reach the Super Bowl with this young quarterback, with this this great coach. Uh, it feels like maybe everything would have to go right for the Chargers in the playoffs. And at the end of the day, we're probably going to be looking at, you know, the Chargers losing a game to maybe the Chiefs or the Bills in the postseason because those are the teams that have been there before and they're kind of the standard of the AFC at this point. So would you say, is, is this almost the right time to hop on board as, as much as the world is ending here uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs seemingly? Is this actually the right time to hop on board if you were interested in making a bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl or win the AFC? Well, well, I mean, certainly I thought it was uh, that way before the Buffalo loss. I thought it was a good buy-low opportunity, but I think it's even a, a better buy-low opportunity. Like I, like I said, I just don't – I don't – foresee this defense being this bad all year uh and because of that i mean if they're if they just bump up to like the 22nd you know ranked defense in the nfl i mean you're talking about a much different team uh and a much better outlook on this team so i i I would say this is a good opportunity to buy low uh the afc odds in general i mean plus 375 i don't know i mean how much better odds you're going to get there Uh, i tend to you know prefer to maybe bet on you know, the Ravens at plus 650 to win the AFC or something like that because you want to be invested on a couple of different teams in the AFC that I actually feel like they're going to win it. Uh, but from a Super Bowl standpoint, yeah, plus 800 might be as good of a number as we'll ever get on the Chiefs uh, because I think at the end of the day, you know, Vegas is always going to go, hey, this is Patrick Holmes. He's, you know, the quarterback of this team, uh, and we probably shouldn't hang a number that's lower than, you know, 8 or 9 to 1. You mentioned the Ravens. I don't know. Is is there a team that you view, I'm just curious, as, as your favorite value bet right now to maybe win the Super Bowl or win one of the conferences? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, Dallas Cowboys seem to be getting kind of the most action, and their odds are kind of rising as well. But, you know, Cowboys at 
you know, our odds is 11 to 1. I, I mean, I think you're looking at obviously a team that could win the NFC East, or not could, they, they look like a favorite to win the NFC East, but now you're talking about seeding standpoint. I mean, this team could be, you know, a two or three seed. And maybe, depending on how things break their way, maybe they're shaping up to maybe fighting for that number one seed. And as long as, long as you get a team that's, you know, higher seeding, I, I like those odds as well. So, I don't know. The Cowboys at 11-1 would be probably my favorite bet. I would tend to try to stay away from the AFC because I feel like there's, you know, the four or five teams that could win it. Uh, and whereas the NFC just feels like it's Tampa Bay versus everyone else. And I, why can't everyone else be the Cowboys? At 11-1, I think that's probably your best bet in terms of Super Bowl futures. We're talking with Shane Jackson of WinBet here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Okay, you mentioned the MVP race and thinking that that would be kind of the the coming out party for the 2021 Patrick Mahomes campaign. Um, Obviously, the Chiefs are going to have to win more than they're doing right now to have a chance at the MVP. Uh, But is this a good time to get on Patrick Mahomes' value for MVP? Where is that sitting at? Yeah, so our odds have not been updated on MVP. So I, I looked at the DraftKings numbers for this, and Patrick Holmes fell all the way down to 20 to 1. Uh, so this wow. feels like about as low as you're ever going to get on Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and, and I thought, you know, a couple weeks ago when he was plus 850, I thought that was the best value you were ever going to get. So yeah, I, I still obviously like that number. Uh, he, you know, he, I still believe, I think he was like number one in QBR still in the NFL at this point. Like, yeah. I, I just think, I, I, I mean, Patrick Holmes is still very good at football. Like, and we haven't forgotten that. And yes, the Chiefs have to win games. First, they have to win their division, which is, you know, the precursor of this. Pushing the card. So, uh, I mean, I'm not going to double down on the Patrick Holmes bet, but I'm very much invested in the MVP race. I don't think that ticket's dead. I think we forget the MVP race is constantly in flux. I mean, this is the fourth week in a row that we've had a new MVP favorite. Uh, last year, Russell Wilson was kind of the runaway favorite midway through the year, and nobody was even thinking about Aaron Rodgers. We forget how long of a season, and now an extra week, uh, so a 17-game season can be. And this MVP race is going to change constantly throughout that. And I don't think it's just, hey, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, or duking it out, maybe Justin Herbert. I don't think those are just the guys, and, and they're the only ones in contention now. I mean, you're looking at probably 10-plus quarterbacks who still have a shot and Patrick Holmes is obviously the best of all of them, so I, I like his chances. So who would be maybe your favorite value bet there? I don't know. Maybe it is Mahomes, but is there somebody that jumps off the page with higher numbers for guys like Matt Stafford and, and Kyler Murray that you think could emerge, kind of like you said last season? Yeah, uh, I do like to uh, leave room for kind of the end-season MVP bet. Uh, so I bet on three before the year. That was Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and Baker Mayfield. Uh, only Brady, I think, really has a shot of those three. Honestly, I think he probably should be the MVP favorite, but uh, he is not at this point. Um, and then from a value standpoint, I, you know, I lead for the end-season bets, but I'm looking for more of the kind of the lead options that fall down. Already invested in Mahomes. I actually like Lamar Jackson a lot at 25-1 to 1 on DraftKings. He's behind Patrick Holmes. The Ravens are 3-1. and one. They're banged up like crazy, and yet they still keep winning games. Uh, they obviously have a, a game tonight that we don't really know the result of yet. But uh, if the Ravens keep, you know, surviving and, and they're, you know, one or two losses, they're among the AFC's best, even when they're banged up. I mean, they're going to get healthy at the right time uh, when their schedule starts to get more intense. If, if Lamar is, you know, throwing the ball as well as he has to start the year, I think he offers a lot of value. And at 25-1, to 1, I mean, he's probably the last guy of the guys I think that actually has a legit shot at winning the MVP. So I, I think he's an in-season wager worth considering okay is this a a good betting idea or a bad betting idea just blindly taking the over in every chiefs game the rest of the way 
<laughs> uh, well, blindly taking anything is not a good betting idea. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, you obviously want to follow some sort of like, I don't know, computer model system, whatever you got, uh, to help you come up with totals bets. But yeah, just blindly betting the Chiefs total, probably not a good idea. But in general, I think that is, has been probably a profitable standpoint because, you know, the Chiefs are explosive on offense and they haven't been able to stop anybody on defense. So. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't buy into rules. I, I just blindly bet uh, on any given total. Okay. That's that's what makes you the expert and me the uh, just a person who's going to lose a bunch of money. Uh, we're talking with Shane Jackson on win bet. I, I do want to talk a little college football with you that we got you here. Uh, Alabama losing to Texas A&M last week. Did that really give any hit to their odds to win the title? Yeah, they jumped a little bit. Uh, Georgia is now the favorite at plus 100. Alabama is now at plus 275. So that was pretty much reversed from last week where we had it. But what's interesting is, you know, WinBet has been offering kind of this uh, exclusive wager where it's Alabama or Georgia versus the field. And those odds haven't really changed. It's still Alabama or Georgia minus 220 to win the national title or the field plus 200. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's still probably a two-team race despite what happened last week. That's absolutely incredible. Um, so is there any bet that you would look for that line? You know, would you go with, if you were interested in not taking Georgia and Alabama, do you think it'd be smarter to take the field bet? Or do you think it'd be smarter to try to single out a team or two and just hope that you pick the right one? Yeah, it, I mean, it's probably smarter to the, the single out a team or two, right? I mean, I don't think, yeah, it, I mean, you can really shape up the playoff picture in your mind already. Uh, and you can just bet on those teams individually, I think, versus maybe the two-to-one odds that you would get from the field. And honestly, when you get into the playoff standpoint, I mean, you're probably not betting Cincinnati to win the national title. Like, as much as you want to root for them, I don't know if you're betting them to win the national title. So you can start to eliminate teams like that who might be in the playoffs who you don't think you're going to win at all or win those two games right there in the playoffs. So, yeah, I think it's better to single it out and you know, Ohio State, who's third in odds at 10 to 1, I mean, that, that's that got to be one of the more intriguing options to me. Yeah, that sounds like it. Uh, do you have a favorite Heisman bet right now? It feels like that Heisman race is absolutely wide open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, I feel like it's kind of tightened up at the top, and I don't really know why. Like, maybe it's just nobody else is really doing anything that's really caught in the eye of everybody else. But, you know, Bryce Young at plus 200 is the favorite. With Matt Corral, who's plus 200, C.J. Stroud, you know, is plus 550 in third, and then nobody else is better than 15 to 1 odds. Uh, so it feels like it's already a three-man race, and, you know, similar to the MVP case, I just don't buy into, hey, these individual awards are already, you know, decided midway through the season. Like, it's just such a long year that, you know, some other guys could easily make the case you know, when games start mattering a little bit more, and then the Heisman voters remember that because it's more of a lasting impact. So, you know, B. John Robinson at 15-1 to 1, uh, or Desmond Ritter at 15-1 to 1, uh, are both options I would consider as well. Uh, the field is 15-1 to 1 after those five guys. So I, that's also a bet I would consider as well. I just don't think it is for certain going to be Bryce Young or Matt Corral at this point, and that's what the odds indicate. Uh, I think you can, if you really believe in one one particular player, you can buy into him now. Yeah, I know you mentioned this with the MVP voting and the NFL, how it's such a long season. I think last year, like Devontae Smith, until, I don't know, maybe halfway through the season or so, didn't really start emerging on boards at all. And I, I know before the season started, I kind of went through the last, I think, 10 Heisman winners, 
And I think eight of the last 10 weren't even in the top 10 in preseason odds. The guy that I went with uh, was Desmond Ritter. And so I think that started out at 40 to one. So I would uh, love for that to continue on. I wouldn't double down on that, but I don't know. I feel like maybe there's some value down that board. If you can find somebody who you think could be on a team that maybe could be a surprise playoff team and uh, maybe can, you know, win the award from there. All right. uh, We're talking with Shane Jackson. Before we let you go, Shane, uh, my producer and co-host Adam Dravetta has one last thing for you. Shane, how's it going? How are you? I'm great, man. All right, one last thing. If you had to compare your car to a shoe, what kind of shoe would it be? <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that is an interesting question. Uh, what is the 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 kind of the old man shoes? That like a Skechers? Like a loafer or a ske- the Skechers or what? Yeah, Skechers, that's probably right. right. Uh, Skechers, that's got to be it. That's my comparison. Uh, I have a Nissan Ultima. Which is fine, but it's nothing fancy. Uh, and then when I moved to Vegas right away, my shifter broke, and I spent a lot of money to fix it. Apparently, it's a very common issue uh, for uh, Nissan Altimos. So I would go with the Sketcher because I think it's just kind of blah and uh, and uninspiring. <laughs> All right. I dig it. You need to upgrade in Vegas. Get yourself, uh, I don't know, Lamborghini or Ferrari or something after you hit it big on a big parlay. Yeah, I'll wait for the big bet before I do that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's Shane Jackson of WinBet. Shane, thank you so much for hopping on, and uh, enjoy Vegas, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, Derek. All right, that is Shane Jackson of WinBet joining us here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk, FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. One hour down, two to go. It's a Monday. That means it's time to overreact to what we saw yesterday in the NFL. With Adam Dravetta, I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. So we're going to get to our NFL Monday overreactions. I'll go with the first one here. How about this one? The Bengals are a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Cincinnati just lost. They have a better record, though, than the Chiefs. They're 3-2. and two. And that was one of those games where it was you lost, but it was, oh, okay. You lost in overtime to the Packers. You almost beat the Packers in overtime. Cincinnati Bengals, better than the Chiefs right now. I mean, I appreciate that it's an overreaction. I disagree with it. Um, but, I mean, there are clear steps you took to get there. I mean, they've got a 3-2 and two record. The Chiefs have a 2-3 and three record. Um, I th- I mean, I would be interested to see in their, in their, their respective uh, Super Bowl odds uh, but I mean, look, I, I can't sit. I mean, like if somebody said to me, Hey, you need to go on air and make a five minute presentation for why the Bengals are better than the chiefs. I feel confident that I could talk through that. Joe Burrow breakout season. I mean, it's his second season, so it's not really a breakout. Uh, Jamar chase. I saw a stat. He's like the first receiver since Randy Moss to have like 500 yards and five touchdowns or something through their first uh, five games as a rookie receiver. They have weapons all over the field for the quarterback with Chase and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. If you wanted to give me, I don't know, if you wanted to give me even odds on like who go, like whether it be like head to head, just a pick em game, or give me even money on which one advances further in the playoffs, I'm still leaning Kansas City. But there's no, I mean, in a playoff situation, I agree with you. My overreaction here might stem around the idea that 
what if the Bengals end up being an eleven and six team this year and the Chiefs miss out on the playoffs because what the if, defense and, is that bad? And what if the I mean we we talked in the opening segment, you know, the Chiefs theoretically are in control when it comes to their turnovers. We we don't know that they can do much in terms of getting turnovers as a defense, but a lot of the mistakes they're making uh, that cause turnovers on offense seem fixable. But you know, I the other side of that is if they are fixable, I mean, I tweeted this last night. I'm open to the idea that without these silly turnovers, the Chiefs are four and one. I'm open to that, but their turnovers haven't stopped. No, it's been three weeks now. So yeah, I I, I mean that's not it is an overreaction, but it's not insane. Um, my first NFL Monday overreaction is um, I'm going to quit following the NFL and mm. live the rest of my life in the woods. Okay, well, well, before you do that, you have to do what everybody else who quit or, or did quit the NFL a couple years ago. You have to burn all your favorite jerseys. Yeah. You have to then buy season tickets, and pay the just team. Just to but then, burn them. Yeah, just to burn them. No, I don't think I'll do that because I'm not, I'm not quitting out of um, racist anger. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I'm quitting out of fan anger and, and sadness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 1998, Adam, would be so ashamed of me because I had endured so many heartbreaking playoff losses just with the thought of, my God, just to see the Chiefs One in day. the Super Bowl. And the fact that right now I'm sitting here. Uh, but, no, I'm I'm done. I'm done with the NFL. Okay. Um, I'm going to build myself a nice cabin mm. somewhere in the woods. Do you have a specific and, uh, city, state you're looking at? Not Montana, because historically mm. guys who go off the grid and live in cabins in Montana um, culturally don't turn out so well. <laughs> um, they wind up go- they wind up going to prison because they kill people. So I'm not going to do that. So uh, I don't know, someplace with a view. Do you think if if I don't know, like if you didn't watch a single NFL game again? I mean, think about how many hours of your life is spent watching not just your team's games, but NFL Sundays, for instance. Like, how how productive could you be? Like, what what things would you accomplish? Yeah, even if like, even if you even if some of it was just more sleep, mm-hmm. like you sleep till two in the afternoon instead of watching the noon games, you'd still have ten extra hours of your day. That would be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like, would be like what skills would I have that I have no idea that I I, I, I like to think it would be a lot, but I also mm. I develop no new skills. Yeah, during, I'd probably just end up watching pandemic. more movies or exactly. something. Exactly. Right? So <laughs> I developed no new skills during the pandemic. Okay, my second one: the Raiders were frauds, frauds. I tell you, uh, I don't know how far I want to go with this. I just like I, I don't have a direct number or anything to say like this or that will happen or this is going to be their final record i just they're frauds they ever you know i think one site had them number one or number two in their power rankings when they started three and oh they've lost back-to-back games and i was kind of on the bandwagon that like they I, I didn't think they were you know going to be better than the bills or the chargers to win the super bowl but i figured they were a legit you know afc team kind of in that maybe second or third tier of the top teams in the afc they're frauds not for real um, I'm going to take that to jump mm-hmm. right on my second overreaction because they're both about the uh, both of ours are about the Raiders. Uh, John Gruden has won his last game as a the Raiders coach, and thus his last game as the NFL coach. I think. Holy um, cow! I think all of the things he said about D. Maurice Smith, 
Um, and to for anybody who haven't been following that story, um, he made comments about the size of uh, D. Marie Smith's lips, uh, which is there's no other way around it. That is racial. That is not just racial. That is racist. Um, his response was, well, I criticized some of the owners too. It's nobody cares that you criticize D Marie Smith. It's the manner in which you did it. Um, so I think this gives, I don't know if this gives, um, Mark Davis the opportunity to, is it Mark Davis, Al Davis's kid? Yeah. I don't think this gives Mark, Mark Davis the opportunity to fire John Gruden and not pay him another nickel. But I do think it helps him save a lot of money on that contract and make an argument for firing him with cause. I think that locker room is lost, especially since he. it's not like he's even come out and said, look, you know what, guys, I screwed up. I, I was stupid. I shouldn't have done it. Um, I'm sorry, and I want to do everything I can to earn your trust back. He didn't do that. He doubled down and said, no, no, I didn't mean it. Any, I didn't mean it to be racial. Um, I, I just, I really think he's, you know, after something like that, I think he's lost the locker room and they just put up an uninspired performance against a bad bears team. Yeah. And this is kind of in the story of Derek Carr, like Derek Carr has, uh, we talk about this with Brandon McAnderson on Fridays, who's a, a Raiders fan. And he always tells me like uh, Raiders fans are, are a segment of them. Like don't get upset with Derek Carr because he's not good. It's that he's, I love this quote. It's that he's so talented and that you'll have games like last year against the Chiefs or this year on Monday night against the Ravens where he looks like a top-tier quarterback or a top-five, top-seven quarterback in the NFL. And then you'll have games like this Bears one where against lesser competition you're just like, what what, what are we missing here? Because this guy doesn't look nearly to that level. He's just inconsistent. Who gets angrier at a player with a ton of talent that underperforms? 76ers fans with Ben Simmons? <laughs> Or Raiders fans with Derek Carr, at least at least the 76ers have Embiid. Yeah, I think you have to go with 76ers fan just because anybody in Philadelphia is just crazy that's, mad. That's a good point. The They're angry all the time. Um, anyway. But you know, you had that a little against the Bears, so we've seen this before. No wins the rest of the way. I mean, what you'd be banking on there is that they lose. I think they're at Denver next. They lose that game, and then they lose. I forget who they play after that at home. And then they and fire. then they're reeling and they're going into the bye week, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to make a change now." So the interim guy comes in. I just and I that's entirely. I think that's very possible. It's yeah, very very possible. I just I think, um, and I want to be clear. A lot of this hangs on how I feel about his uh, the the racist comments he made. Um, look, I, I believe in the in the idea that people can say awful things and, and you can forgive them. I'm not sure that they should still have jobs of, of you know, like being an NFL coach. Um, but he's not even owning up to it. And that that is step one. And he's not even taking that. All right, my third one, the AFC champion will be the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's hard to argue after last night, right? I don't even think that's an overreaction. All right, I'll go a step further. The Bills are going to go... 14 and 3 and win the Super Bowl. How about that? 17 and 3 record, man. That would be no. Would seven, yeah, 17 uh-huh. and 3. With the yeah. If they get the buy that I don't see how you I mean, I what what's their record now? Are they undefeated? Do they have won? No, one. they lost to the Steelers, mm-hmm. that's right. So that puts them at if you count the playoffs, 13 and 3 the rest of the way. I mean, their division, their the division now is shaping up to be what it was when the Patriots were really good. Yeah. Except the Patriots have taken the place of the Bills. 
didn't the Dolphins just get shelled yesterday? Yeah, Dolphins not good at all. Uh, Jets are obviously bad. Patriots almost lost to the Texans. And there's no reason to think. I don't. I don't know who in their division they've already played, but they should win every game. That's against six that wins right yeah. there in their division. They've proven. Um, I don't know how 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 angry do you think Bills fans would be? Well, they wouldn't be angry, but you know if, if they're going into the if they're let's say they're sixteen and one going into the playoffs and everyone's going the Steelers is the one that kept them <laughs> yeah, from <going> right. undefeated. <laughs> In the first game of the season, uh, Ben Roethlisberger at that point has no arms left and he's just hobbling around. I that would be absolutely wild. Do you have a third one? Um, yeah, Cowboys second best team in the NFC. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of people want to say the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend much time arguing against that. The Cardinals. So you have the Cowboys ahead of the Bucks then, or the Rams? No, I have the Bucks ahead of. I have the Cowboys ahead ah. of the Cardinals and the Rams. Ooh. I have Bucks. I have Bucks. Okay, at that's one. spicy. I have Bucks at one. I think um, the Cardinals solidified themselves. I, I think they, they had an opportunity for a letdown game. In fact, I may have even picked that in our NFL picks on Friday, but I, I think the Cardinals had an opportunity for a letdown game after their big win against the uh, Rams, but they did not let that happen. They lived up to it. Um, but I still, I, I think I just, I like the Cowboys. I, I think Ezekiel Elliott is is more than I thought he was. I still am not sure you can win a quarter or win a Super Bowl with him on that sort of contract, but I do think he's good. Um, so, yeah, give me the, the Dallas Cowboys, number two behind the Buccaneers as the second-best team uh, in the NFC. You know, I'll say this. The Cowboys have got to be the biggest um, success story for what the Chiefs are looking at, but unfortunately it took a year. If you remember last year, Cowboys are basically last year what the Chiefs are this year. Like, they were putting up 30, 40 points a game. They, they had the worst the defense in the NFL. Yeah, until Dak Prescott went out. Um, and up to that point, they were 1-4, and 2-3, and three, something like that, 2-4. and four. Also, and then, real quick, I said Ezekiel Elliott. I meant Dak Prescott when I was talking about mm. the quarterback and his contract. I, Yeah, sorry. And Dak now comes back this year, and the defense is playing a lot better under Dan Quinn. They make a few additions. Trayvon Diggs has been the best corner in the NFL, and that's changed things for the defense. Uh, they've gone from one of the worst, if not the worst, defense in the NFL last year to like a league average defense that forces turnovers. Some- and uh, when you combine it with that offense, three legit weapons at receiver, really good offensive line, good running game, good quarterback, uh, weapon for success. Mike McCarthy is an offensive coach. I believe he's the play caller in Dallas. And, you know, we've criticized Spagnolo, but the Chiefs' defense took a step forward under Spagnolo, and I think there is something to be said about when you are an offensive coach who wants to control the offensive play calling, there's something to be said about finding a good defensive coordinator who at one point was a head coach and just saying, look, here, take the defense, we'll talk once a week, but you are essentially the head coach of the defense. And I think Quinn uh, is is handling that position well now, and I think it's benefited McCarthy as a result. All right, those are our NFL Monday overreactions with Adam Javetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Two hours down, one to go on KLWN's Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Five o'clock hour with Adam Javetta, Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Chiefs lose a tough one last night, 38-20. to Bills dominating performance for Buffalo. Eye-opening experience really around the NFL, but also for the Chiefs as well. 
We were texting in the, I mean, it wasn't the aftermath of the game, but it was at a point in the game when. Kind of when we knew it was, we were, yeah. it, was, it was over. Yeah, the result was kind of in hand Derek, at that at point. at the game, by the way. Um, yeah, that didn't go well. Having to deal with everybody's mm-hmm. BO in the uh, in the concourse because they cleared out the stands with the lightning. I'm not joking. I, I don't want to get too sidetracked here, but I have never had to wait in, like, I felt like I was, I haven't been to an amusement park in, I don't know, handful of years. I felt like I was in an amusement park. During that delay, um, me and my wife went and waited in a line to just go. We were just like, eh, a little hungry. We'll just, good opportunity to get some food. Uh, went to get a hot dog. And I'm not joking. It took at least an hour to get through the line. It was crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I feel for those uh, those workers. I, I don't know if they're – a similar thing happened to me earlier yeah, this year with the fault. Royals. I mean, yeah, you can, I mean, yeah, and I know you're not criticizing them, but it was just, you know, it's one of those things where if it were, you probably wouldn't have noticed that weight nearly as much if it was 2813 Chiefs (laughs) instead of Bills. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, it wasn't, and now we've got to talk about it. Yeah, next time you think that something bad happened to you, just remember I waited in line for an hour. He had to wait in line for a hot dog. Who's the real hero here? Um, But one thing we were talking about in the aftermath of the game was... Like, I, I know this is going to sound super pessimistic, and it probably is. Is this even a 10-win team? I mean, to get to 10 wins the rest of the way, you're sitting on 2-3. and three. You'd have to go 8-4 and four the rest of the way. And you would think that is very, I mean, it should be. It's very much on the table, very possible for a team with Patrick Mahomes to go 8-4 and four to 12-game stretch. Especially because now, if you think about it, you've played most of your really good opponents in the AFC. But I'm kind of like going through this schedule and the way they're playing right now defensively I don't know how how plausible even 10 and 7 is and the reason I think we picked 10 was that that's probably what it takes to get in that wild card discussion right yeah um when you texted me that last night I I immediately replied and I still feel this way if 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 you wanted to give me even money and set the win total right now for the Kansas City Chiefs at 10 I'd take the over um I don't know. I, I just think I don't want to underplay how bad the defense is. The defense has been historically terrible. I also don't want to underplay the fact that in spite of that, they are a couple stupid offensive mistakes away from being um from being four and one. And none of us caring about the defense. And mm-hmm. everyone going, Oh, you know, they're winning it, you know, they're it, the defense yeah, doesn't matter. They're four and it, one. But, right. Um the tone around it would be so much different i just i think i don't know i i I think a lot of i just i think the amount of weird mistakes that the offense has had to make i i think there is something to be said about um about the you know mahomes and is he and look mahomes has been very frank in the offseason and said he doesn't feel he's a finished product and I think there he does need to work on what you talked about earlier earlier in the show, Derek. About he needs to work on being a little bit more like Tom Brady. And yeah, okay, I've, I know I have an arm and a receiver good enough that I can bomb it fifty yards when they let me. Um, but they're not going to let me. And he needs to just say, "All right, sweet, you know, give me." Now I, I do think a huge issue that not enough people are talking about is that one of the worst parts about having Tyreek Hill on this team is he's so good at cutting left and right and gaining an extra seven yards when you think they have him tackled and the other receivers try to do that as well when they can't do it 
And so they lose a couple yards instead of just banging forward for another three. They'll just they'll try to dance around and, and get stopped for and look, Tyreek Hill's good enough at this moment. He's fast enough to do that. The other receivers are not. Um but I think things like Mahomes throwing, you know, the the pick six last night was on Tyreek. Um, the interception against the Ravens was completely on Mahomes. Uh, there was another one against the Chargers. The Byron Pringle fiasco. I don't know. I, I just I I just look at it and I think Mahomes. Let me try to find this quote. Um, this is during his press conference. He said, uh, "Definitely, this is a nice one. Uh, th- definitely, this is one you're going to remember." And so that's a good football team, don't get me wrong, but we don't lose football games like that, especially at home. I think Mahomes is, can I say the other word for ticked on the air? Pissed? I think Mahomes is pissed. Yeah. I think Mahomes is pissed. And I think Mahomes, I don't think a lot of, you know, I think Chris Jones, when he's a defensive tackle, is a really good player. But I also think Chris Jones is somewhat happy, happy-go-lucky. I'm sure he's a lot of fun to hang out with. He's been really good. So, but I just think some guys have that, have that, you know, I want to be great and I will do what it takes to win. And I, you know, there, most coaches lose sleep over losses. Bill Self has talked about this. He said that coach, you know, players kind of get over it. They go out with their friends. They go out with their girlfriends. They get over it. A coach doesn't sleep for three days. There are certain players who are wired that way, too, and Patrick Mahomes is one of them. I think Patrick Mahomes is furious right now. I think he's furious with himself. I think he's furious with his wide receivers. And I think a a hyper-competitive, I think when you combine hyper-competitive with great, I think you have a formula for somebody who's just going to say, I don't care what the rest of the guys do. I'll get us however many wins. I think he's really angry right now, and yeah. I think that's good. So if you get to 10 wins, like I said, 8-4 and four the rest of the way, you're banking on some of that improvement, the improvement of the turnover luck, the improvement of just not having dumb turnovers, shooting yourself in the foot. You're you're banking on not the defense to be good, but the defense to be better than not just the worst in the league, but by certain metrics, the worst of all time. I mean, we were going over this. I think it was Brandon Kiley who tweeted this out. Uh, he had one tweet where it said, the Chiefs are giving up. 7.1 yards per play. The best offense in NFL history was the 2000 Rams at 7 yards per play. And the Chiefs are giving up 3.3 points per drive. The best offense in NFL history was the 07 Patriots with 3.3 points per drive. So the be- the best offense in the history of the NFL as it stands right now is whoever's playing the 2021 yes, Chiefs. Correct. So you're banking on improvement to like that's what's crazy. There is a level of they could still be the worst in worst the league defense in the NFL and not still be, be a lot better than they are now. <laughs> so you're banking on that to happen. But here's here's where I'm having trouble because I I'm having trouble distancing myself from where the defense is now and just saying oh they're going to get so much better. Here's who you still have to play. Okay, you have two against the Raiders, one at the Chargers, two against Denver. So that's at the just Chargers is worth noting. Yes, at the Chargers. What's realistic there in the division? Three and two. Um, Based on how you're playing right now, well, I I just told you that I don't think the Raiders win again. So okay, I think that's so two and zero. Um, I mean, they're going to be underdogs at the Chargers as of right now, based on how you look at it. Yeah. So what what are they right now in the division? Zero and one. Yeah. I'll give one them. I'll, I'll stake. I'll stake my claim right now and say they finished four and two with the, their divisional record is four and two. Okay, so you would be saying four and one. I would err on the side of caution and say three and two. Okay, let's look outside of the division. What are you giving them? You're just you're going zero and one against the Chargers, and then one and one one and one against the other two. 
Yeah. Or, That's kind of what I'm thinking. No, no, no. Then or, I go two. No, I, I, I just figure you sweep one of them and go one okay, and one okay, against yeah, the other. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I, really. I was doing my math wrong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they lose to the Chargers. They go two and zero against one. Right. And then one and one against the other. Yep. Okay. So three and two, basically, in the summation of that. Uh, outside of the division, most losable games: Green Bay, Dallas, at Tennessee, and I. I don't know. I feel weird putting this one in there, but I guess I will. At Cincinnati. What do you go in those games? Green Bay, Dallas, at Tennessee, at Cincinnati. I'm not as high on Tennessee as a lot of people are. I Right now, um, I'd pick Green Bay to beat them. I would pick yeah. Dallas to beat them right now. Dallas could put up with that offense. It could be a 50-burger. And is Tennessee it? is a coin flip. Yeah. And Andy Reid struggles against the Titans. What is, uh, what, are any of those games after the bye? Uh, I'd have to double-check. But, I, I, I mean, yeah. Um, prior to looking at, at the bye week, my, I, my immediate I, thought is one and three in that span. No, I I really like I don't know, I'll I'll take two and two, I'll I'll take and and to to pick my my games I would say Tennessee, it bothers me that it's on the road, but I'll say they beat Tennessee and Cincinnati. Okay, so you have two and two there, four and one in the division. That would put you at six and three. Yeah, through this process, so they need I have, to go two and one in the other one. I have one and three, which puts me at four and five in the process. And let's see. The bye week for the Chiefs comes comes after the Cowboys game. There's no bye week between. Who do they play those. after the bye? Broncos. Gosh dang it! I was really hoping it'd be a it'd be one like of the, big the Chargers ones. or something. Right. Um, okay, so that's where we're at right now. And then after that, you have the last three games, which are more winnable. Giants. Giants, which is probably the most winnable at home on Monday night. At Washington this week, which is a little tricky, you're going to be favored probably, I would guess, somewhere between five and seven points. And Pittsburgh at home, where Pittsburgh's offense is terrible, their defense is good. I don't really know what to think of Pittsburgh. Um, you should go at least I'll, two and I'll one there. I'll go three and yeah. zero there, and that and that has me coming. They be coming home. What by by my numbers, they're two and You'd three. You'd have them at nine and three. I'd have them at nine and three from mm-hmm. here. If you have eleven another. and five, yes, so 11 yeah, and six, eleven and six, eleven, yeah, eleven and six. I would, I, I'll even say three and zero there. I'll be optimistic on that. That puts for me seven and five. So this is where I'm nine at. and eight. Yes, and that's where I'm at with not getting to ten wins. And I, I don't think nine and eight makes the playoffs. Let me ask you this, Derek: If you're a fan of one of those other teams, except maybe the Packers. Keeping in mind the you know you, you had if you were a Cowboys fan you'd have to keep in mind previous years not just how each team's doing this year are you, are are you there's still in in we joke around a lot uh, both of us I'm probably the team I'm the most nervous with is always KU uh, men's basketball but both of us do have a side of us where we're just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop you shouldn't be like that with the Giants because you've been so spoiled. But we both have that side of us, our fandom where we're waiting for the other foot to drop, even when things are going well. But let me ask you this. If you are, like, you're still not excited to play the Chiefs if you're one of these other oh, teams, 100%. right? Which tells me that you're not in full-on, and I know you're saying, you know, you already said, we did our 1-10 to 10 earlier, mm-hmm. you already said you're not in full-on disaster mode Yeah, yet. I'm like at a 6, 6.5. Um, but, you know, so you're still, I don't know, I just, I think there's something to be said. If, if you look at it from the other team's perspective, 
I think it's just as easy for other teams and other you know markets and their radio uh, people saying, I don't want to play an angry Chiefs, oh, yeah. fan, Chiefs team. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of that going on. I think Washington is going, man, I wish they would have squeaked out a yeah. hard-fought one so we don't have to deal with them being angry this week. Probably, but I think you probably could have said the same thing for the Chargers. Yeah, that's could true. Could have said the same thing for... The e- I, I, I mean, you could you could have you could have said the same thing if you're the Bills. You could have said, "Oh no, they got back on the right, right. track last yeah. week against the right." I mean, you could have said the same thing for the Eagles. And I, I, again, I know you won that game, but in terms of like, oh, the Chiefs are going to absolutely demoralize the Eagles, and they didn't. To you me, know, you didn't force any punts. Everything for me comes down to, and this is just how I see things. Every prediction I'm making comes down to my belief that they will fix the things that are fixable. I don't see any moves with this defense that make it any good. Uh, maybe they go from like historically bad to just bad in the terms of this just year. Plain bad. Um, I don't see it. There's no personnel moves that they're going to make that are that's going to make this team good all of a sudden. I suppose the only argument you can make is they could send. They could say, "Well, the Chris Jones experiment has failed. Michael Dana is shown to be." serviceable so we're going to put chris jones back in the middle um but even then i you know that's not going to be that's not going to make up a whole ton and so uh, all of what i'm saying is based on my belief that patrick mahomes and andy reed are good enough at what they do to cut down on the mistakes that they are making Um, and when that happens i think this offense becomes good enough that against certain teams it doesn't matter how bad the defense is. So what do you think? Because we just went through that schedule with, you know, what's, I don't know, maybe most likely or, or what you would pick. What do you think best case scenario is? What do you think, you know, if I'm being more optimistic, because my likely outcome, I had him going 7-5 and five the rest of the way, you had him going 9-3. and three. Is best case scenario as simple as just saying they went out? Because well, I don't think th- that would be that unthinkable, two, two right? 2-3? Um... What if they go fourteen and three? I would, man, that'd be cool. I just, I, um, I, I, I would say best case scenario. Technically, best case scenario is fourteen and three. Right. I'd put it at thirteen and four. Like realistic. They, yeah, best they have case like, have like a weird hiccup that they they get everything together, um, and then late in the season have some sort of bizarre hiccup, um, you know, almost like that the team that won the the Super Bowl looked for the world like they were back on it, and then all of a sudden they lose to the Titans. Um, and then they come back and beat the Titans in the AFC title game. I, I think thirteen and four is best case scenario. Yeah, I mean, if we're like a likely or not likely, a possible best case. Because if I were to just say any best case scenario, the very very best case scenario, it's fourteen and three. Yeah, the Chiefs win out, and literally every player on the defense gains fifteen pounds of muscle and starts doing steroids, doesn't get caught for <laughs> it, and they it become starts, great, right? Yeah, right. But that that's not a realistic best case scenario. But seriously, like you have a team with Patrick Mahomes, so at any moment, it's not that unthinkable to say like, oh yeah, they just found, got hot and they won twelve straight, right? I asked, I I wrote this down last night too, Derek, and I wonder. Okay, so we're sitting here in February. I don't know the date of the Super Bowl. But we're sitting here in February. We come in. We come stumbling in, bleary-eyed at like <laughs> two in the afternoon because we're hungover from an amazing mm-hmm. Super Bowl victory celebration the night before. It's Monday, the day after the Super Bowl. They're they're planning out the parade. What does what does that look like? Because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you right now what I think that looks like is the Chiefs kind of 
stumble their way to 11-6 and six and have to play every round of the playoffs and Mahomes just goes nuts, mm-hmm. um, I think that's a much more likely road to the Super Bowl. Now, I want to be clear. I don't think this happens. But if, if the Chiefs turn out to win the world championship this year, I think it looks like a, an 11-7 and seven record that they maybe get one one home game, but more likely they're on the road every round. Um, and Mahomes just puts up, you know, just basically what Rodgers did when the, when the Packers won the Super Bowl and, and they were 10-6. They were 10 a six, six seed, right? They were a six seed. Um, and so I think that's more likely than than them turning it on, going 13-4, and four, grabbing the bye, and, and, you know, being considered the best team in the AFC down the stretch. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I think, yeah, if you can get to a point where you're twelve and five, that would be incredible. Given where you are right now, if this team, the way this team started, mm-hmm. if they get to a point where they are playing in the playoffs, nobody's going to want to see them. No, that's and that's the biggest difference between having Patrick Mahomes versus having Alex Smith. Yeah. For you to win a Super Bowl with Alex Smith, you need everything around it to be right. And you need that one or two seed where you're hosting playoff games. Yeah. You're not going on the road to a brutal environment. With Patrick Mahomes, it is a little bit of like a John Calipari Kentucky team that has five five-star freshmen who get playing right at the right time. Get an eight seed. Just get in the tournament. Yeah. Let's dance. I'm trying to think of uh, of an example. I mean, the, I can't. Well, no. You know what? The, the 2006 Colts who hadn't yet won a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and everybody just thought Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy were postseason chokers. But that seemed still what? Got, went 12-4, and four, got a three-seed, 11-5? and five. Yeah, that's a good point. They, yeah, all right, that's but I guess, fair. I, no, they might have been 11-5, and five, but I guess if that's the case, like, you're saying 11-6. and six, They come down the not... stretch, nobody thinking they can defend the run. Mm-hmm. and you know, But they've got an amazing quarterback, and I think a, a great quarterback cures a lot of ills. Yeah, and that's what's been unfortunate right now. It's that... If you just have, like, I, I say this all the time in the offseason for KU as we're preparing for the year. You know, instead of being by far the worst, just be, like, in every category, just try to be as bad as the next worst team in the in the Big 12, right? Get up to the next worst team. Just yeah. do that instead of being by far the worst. And that's the Chiefs defense. Just don't be by far the worst. Be as bad as the next worst. Be tied for 30 seconds. Exactly. Yeah. And by doing that, Maybe that's enough because right now there's zero margin for error for Patrick Mahomes, zero margin for error. You're playing sloppy football, and right now you're not a good football team. That doesn't mean they can't get there. It's just right now they're not a good football team. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.